Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm your host and life coach, Eva Miller, and this is episode 18. In the last episode, I talked about the word release, which I've been focusing on in my personal life for the last few weeks and how it has spurred my thought process. And in this episode, we're going to talk to someone who shares what it's like to release the hardest thing of all, what moving forward looks like, and what the thoughts are when you take a look back. And we're having this conversation today with Big Sexy, a.k.a. my husband, Moose, who is back with us today to share his experience and thoughts surrounding all of this. Let's go. Hey, hey, welcome to The Eva Show. I'm Eva Miller. As a domestic violence survivor turned life and wellness coach, I'm on a mission to help you acknowledge your worth, reclaim your power, and find your voice in this noisy world. If you're feeling stuck and looking for help, or you just want to be reminded that it's a-okay to be your unique self in a conforming world, you're in the right place. You're ready to ditch expectations other people have put on you and rise to become who you've always wanted to be? Let's go. Hey, Big Sexy. It's nice to have you back in the boom, boom room with me today. So let's dive right in if you're ready to go. I am ready to go, but thank you very much for having me in the boom, boom room. I always enjoy being in the boom, boom room with you, (laughs) even if it is just a clothis. Simple, but gets it done. (laughs) Okay. Tell us what prompted this for you, because this this was actually your idea. It was my idea. You wanted to talk about this. We had talked a few months back about upcoming episodes, and I said that I wanted to share my story of releasing a toxic relationship, Mm -hmm. and especially toxic relationships within a family environment, because we don't really talk about that a whole lot. You expect to see that on, you know, episodes of Dr. Phil or, you know, something like that, but we don't, the average human being walking around doesn't talk about things like this. And we have adopted the philosophy in, in, in the world of, well, it's just family. You just, you have to deal with them because they're family. You just can't walk away from your family. No matter you know how bad the relationships are, you just don't, you don't cut family off. You don't walk away from them. Do you agree with that? Absolutely not. And here's why, because toxic is toxic. It doesn't matter if it's a family member. It doesn't matter if it's a boss, an uncle, an aunt, a kid, If it's toxic, it's toxic, period. So you did what I consider to be the hardest thing a person can ever do. You released the first, biggest, most important relationship of your life. Yeah, I I did. And with me, and it may not be the same for everybody else, but for me, that relationship was between me and my mother. It's kind of hard because most people don't think about, well, you just, you don't walk away from your mother. You don't cut that relationship off. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. So will you tell us what led to that decision? Yeah, it, I think I have to go back a little bit and, and discuss some of the some of the history. My mom grew up in a very turbulent home. She was abused by both parents. And before she was a teenager, her parents had split up. And by the time she was 13, her mother was murdered by a person that she was dating at the time. So she didn't grow up with a lot of stability. She didn't grow up with any control in her life because she was forced into situations that she wasn't ready for emotionally, physically, mentally, none of that at a very young age. So not having control, I think as she grew older and started getting into relationships with my dad and with the kids, she felt the need to have control in those relationships because she didn't have it before. She wanted to give us a better life than she had. So she tried to control everything so that we would be okay. 
And I didn't recognize throughout all of this how toxic it was because I was right in the middle of it. I couldn't see it clearly. Yeah. It was just what I was going through. I thought it was normal right. and it was family and the whole family dynamic of it. You know, now my brother and sister and I can sit down and have discussions about the way we grew up and some of the things that happened and all of this kind of things. And to the outsider looking in and listening to that conversation, it's like we grew up in three different households. Yeah. Because we remember it differently. We each have our own filter that we look through. And what I perceive as something that happened in this relationship, they may not see it the same way. Right. But you have that dynamic and and as you know, as I was growing up and my mom was having control and seeking control and trying to make sure that we were all taken care of, she would discount a lot of the things that I wanted to do in my life. When I graduated high school, I wanted to go into the Air Force. Well, she convinced me that wasn't the best thing for me and I didn't need to do that. So she talked me out of chasing that dream because I'd always wanted to be in the Air Force. I loved airplanes and I wanted to be around them, but she didn't think it was a good thing for me to do. So she talked me out of it because she felt the need to have control of every part of my life. She didn't want me making decisions that she didn't think were was good for me. I think some of it was stemming from her desire to try to keep you, quote unquote, safe. What opened the door? I guess the biggest thing that, that really started me to see that I needed a change was I met you. And what I mean by that is, based off of everything that I grew up with, I didn't have a very high self-esteem. I didn't think of myself as being important enough to go out on my own and to make a life for myself because I just didn't think I could do it. I had been convinced that I couldn't do it. So I didn't have any value in me. But I met you and you were a person that I wanted to grow with, to share my life with. So you were more important to me than I was to me. You gave me the spark to start changing my life and to start stepping away from what I had had to what I wanted. Yeah. Because at the time, I didn't feel like I deserved anything I wanted because I wasn't worthy of anything more than what I currently had. I get that. I didn't leave my ex-husband because he beat me. I left him because he beat me while I was pregnant. And when I realized, oh, if he'll beat me when I'm pregnant, then that means he'll beat me after the baby's born. And the only thing I was able to put together was, if my baby's a boy, I don't want him growing up thinking this is how you treat people or let people treat you. Mm -hmm. If my baby was a girl, I didn't want her to grow up thinking the same thing. This is how you let people treat mm -hmm. you or that this is how you treat people. Now, who I am today, Eva in her 50s, you know, would never tolerate that once, mm -hmm. much less, you know, over a few months time. But 50-something-year-old Eva is very different than 19-year-old Eva. And so... Um, I left for one reason and it turned into more. It became more and it grew um, just like yours did. Right. You, because who I am today wouldn't stay in a relationship that's that toxic right. like I did back then because I didn't really realize what was going on. And it wasn't until 2009 where I really started to fully understand how toxic this relationship with my mother was. You know, we had gotten orders to go to Germany because we were still active duty. And it's always been a dream of ours. As a family, we wanted to go and experience another country, experience the culture and grow from that. And we were excited about that. We were looking forward to it because it was going to turn out to be just me and you going because our boys were already older. Our, our oldest was already out of the house. 
The youngest was of an age he didn't have to go with us. He could have stayed here and he chose to stay here. So we were going to get the opportunity to be in a foreign country, just the two of us, and experience that culture and the excitement behind it. And we shared that with with our parents. And your mom and dad were a little more supportive and they were excited for us and they encouraged us to follow a dream. When we told my mom, she was not at all happy. Mm -mm. She even said, well, that's four years. You're going to be gone. I've probably be dead and your dad will be dead and you won't have anything with us. So what you need to do is you need to retire because you can retire. You need to sell your house and you need to move back home, home being where she lived and live close to me so that you can take care of me. Mm -hmm. And it dawned on me that she was still trying to control my decisions. She was still trying to talk me out of chasing dreams that I had because she wanted me to be close to her. Yeah. What did it look like to release that relationship? Can you walk us through that? Yeah, it was a lot of small baby steps. Okay. Getting to that point. Because when we joined the military, and I say we because while I was active duty, it was still us going through all of these experiences together. So when we joined the military, it allowed us to move away from Tennessee. So we had space. We were able to get that space naturally because that's just part of being in the military. You move and you move to different places throughout your career. So it allowed us to get out of the immediate environment because it was very tense very difficult that helped because she was trying to manipulate and control a lot of things. And had we stayed in Tennessee, we probably wouldn't have stayed married. And we had talked about that a little bit. And it got to the point that since we, you know, separated and moved away, I would only call on special occasions, you know, birthdays and holidays and things like that. And we got pregnant within the first year of our marriage and we had discussed it, and because of everything that was turbulent up to this point between my mother and me and you and all of this, we decided we weren't going to share the news of the pregnancy with her. We had told grandparents, and we had told, you know, my sister, she knew. We knew they would tell her, yeah. yeah. And we knew that she would find out eventually. Anyway, we didn't want to have to answer the questions. We didn't want her to start asking questions and try to put a wedge between us and think, because she had said stuff already that was not good. Yeah, it was a problem from the beginning. Yeah. But that created a conflict. Yeah, it did. It created a conflict with you and, and her because um, you had already coming out of a toxic relationship already. I you had already that. recognized mm -hmm. the toxicity that I didn't quite see yet. So you were you were done. You were ready to just not have any contact with her anymore. But when the baby was born, with the emotions of all of that, I contacted my mom and said, we have a new baby. Here's the particulars. And she said, well, I would like to have, when you guys get home, can you have Eva call me? Because I want to congratulate her over the phone. So I passed the message on. I had a conflict within myself because he's right. that I, I recognized there are a lot of things about my mother-in-law that reminded me of my ex-husband. And I knew I didn't want that in my life at all. But my marriage, we were, we were, married a year mm -hmm. when we had Drew, I mean, I, I told him, I don't want to call her, but if I don't call her, she's trying to be nice. It would make me look bad if I don't call her back, but I don't, I don't care. I don't want her congratulations. I don't want to talk to her. I don't care what she thinks. I don't care if she's happy or not. I'm happy. That's what matters. 
but I don't want you to be mad at me if I don't call her. And, you know, and I even said, you know, in five years from now, are you going to be mad? You know, are you going to feel like, geez, why can't you just be nice and get along? And you said no, but the truth is, how do you really know how you're going to feel in five years about something? Right, right. And so I decided for the sake of my marriage, I would go ahead and call. And as is typical in relationships with people like that, the first call was great. Congratulations. Everything was wonderful. Top of the world, blah, blah, blah. But in a very short amount of time, that cycle started right back over again, just like it had always been. Mm -hmm. And that kind of forced us to make more more decisions. decisions. And, you know, already being military, we didn't come home as often, just yeah. you know, normally around holidays and things like that, or just for a visit in the middle of the year. And it got to the point, if we were not getting along with my mom, we wouldn't even let them know we were in town because it was easier to, because they didn't live right in the same city. There was a little bit of distance. So it was easier just to go and make it a point to where we weren't in places where they might be. Mm -hmm. So they didn't know we were there. We didn't have to deal with the stress of doing that. Right. And it also the distance being, you know, in different places of the country allowed us to start to pull away, allowed me to start to pull away uh, emotionally a little bit at a time Yeah. to where the emotions wouldn't just kick in and I wouldn't fall into that. Well, it's family, you know, it's your mom. Well, recognizing toxicity like that takes time. And mm -hmm. acknowledge, acknowledging it can take even more time. Yeah, because it helps you to become objective and notice the patterns that are there. Notice that yo-yo cycle of when she's good, we're good with her. When she's not good, we're not good with her. So we kept going back and forth like that. And there were several times in that we're not good with her stage where she actually used the words, you're not my son anymore. Yeah. I don't ever want to talk to you again. And that happened way more than once. Throughout the years. So, you know, we just kept going back and forth like that. And I had to work on dropping expectations as I started to grow. And as I started to realize these patterns and seeing how the relationship was, I wanted it to get better. And I would start to react and do things differently to try to make it better. But she never changed. Her pattern was always the same. In a crisis, coming out of a crisis. Going back into a crisis. Creating a new one, yeah. So it was always that cycle. And we always, her and I always fought and argued and disagreed and just, you know, all of this. And as we continued to go on throughout my military career and I retire finally after, you know, several years, 26 years, we moved back to Tennessee. So we're close. We're not in the same town, but we're close. And I was trying to start to reestablish relationships with my sister because it had, I didn't have one with my sister or my brother or one with my father because all of that toxicity with my mom affected all of those relationships. And it was just easier to pull away from everybody. Now that we're closer geographically, I started to rebuild some of that. And I don't know that they ever really recovered from the earlier effects of that toxic relationship with mm -hmm. my mom because it taints everything. Right. What was the last straw? Because there was some back and forth mm -hmm. for a long time. But what was the straw that broke the camel's back and ended everything? 2015, we were in, still in Tennessee. We haven't, uh, I hadn't moved away yet. We hadn't got the job done in Georgia. So we're sitting there and we're at my mom's apartment. We're having a discussion and my brother was there at the time. And she... I had the grandbaby there. You had the grandbaby. 
and you, because of the tenseness and the stress within that room, you took the baby outside. You took our grandson outside because you didn't like the environment. It wasn't good for me. It sure wasn't going to be good for him. You removed you and him from the room. And my mom were having this discussion back and forth about family. And she said, for not the first time, because she had said it before, she looked at me and she said, you need to decide who you belong to. Do you belong to me or do you belong to Eva and her family? And I looked at my mom and the look on my face, she realized that maybe she overstepped. And she said, that didn't come out the way I meant it. And I said, no, that came out exactly how you meant it. And that was the point. That was the deciding factor, the nail in the coffin, whatever you want to say, that I knew that that yo-yo cycle was never going to end unless I walked away. So I had to make that decision and I walked away and I wasn't willing to reestablish the relationship with her. Even when she got put in to a nursing home, because she had tried texting me off and on for about a year and a half mm -hmm. before she got put into the nursing home because of her health to say, can we talk the next time you're in town? Can we get together? Can we talk? And I said, no, we can't because it's never going to change. It's been like this for 28 years. I love you, but you don't like me. You don't like who I am. And I don't like you. I love you, but I don't like you. And that's not going to change. We can try to get back together, but something's going to happen to make you mad. And you're going to throw me away again because that's been the pattern. I'm not going to go and play the yo-yo game anymore. I'm done. And then when she was in the nursing home, her health was continuing to deteriorate. And she had asked my sister, does Brian know that I'm in here? And my sister said, yes, I've, I've let him know. And she wanted me to come and see her, but I chose not to go. That's part of once you make that decision to sever that toxic relationship, to walk away from it, you can't go back because you'll get drugged back in. You have to make it and you have to stand with your decision because that's what's best for you. And I knew she was getting, her time was getting close to an end, but I didn't want to have the few good memories that I had that I was holding on to, I didn't want to run the risk of adding new bad memories, fresh bad memories on top of the good ones that I'm trying to hold on to because I didn't want those pushed away. I wanted to hold on to the good memories of what I remembered about me and my mom. And that's what I wanted in my head when she finally passed. I know that was probably not an easy decision to make and harder, more pressure feeling when you have to tell your sister, yeah, I know she wants me to come see her, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I don't know that my brother or sister really fully understood why I wouldn't go mm -hmm. because they have a different perspective. And, you know, it's just it was a very difficult decision. There was a lot of guilt involved because you think, well, it's my mom. Should I go in and see her? But I had to hold firm to that. I didn't trust that the cycle wouldn't kick back up. Right. I didn't trust that she wouldn't say something out of spite or out of anger to create another bad memory just to put on top of all the other ones to kill the good memories that I had. Just because she was at the end and just because her life was ending, it didn't end the love that I had for her. The breakup, the split, when I left in 2015, when I decided to walk away, it didn't stop me loving her. It just stopped the cycle. Looking back, how do you feel about your decisions? 
I'm very comfortable with the decisions that I made. It's almost a relief because breaking that cycle gives you freedom. Even though it's hard. Even though it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's a hard decision to make, but you have to understand that once you make it and you know it's right, you feel it deep in your core that this was the right decision to make. You got to have confidence in that decision. You're still going to go through moments where you doubt and where you feel guilty, but it always comes back to it. For me, it always came back to the fact that I knew that I knew that I knew deep down in my knower that this was the right decision to make because the relationship with her, the toxicity has an impact on every other relationship in my life, whether I want it to or not. It's, it's always going to be a little aggravating pebble in your stone until you get rid of it. Pebble in your shoe. Yeah. Past the words. Yeah. Pebble (laughs) in your shoe, pebble in your stone, pebble in your shoe. It's a pebble. So I know a lot of people adopt the mentality of, well, if so-and-so is going to pass away soon, why not just go and make nice or look nice or it'll look better if I go, it'll look bad if I don't go or whatever. I know that you wrestled with doing that. I did. I did. I struggled with thinking, well, you know, a good son doesn't just walk away. But family, family always takes care of family and 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 that decision may work for some people, mm-hmm. but that was not going to work for you. It was not. You work knew for that. Mm-hmm. You knew it would not. It's okay if someone says, "You know what? I want to just shove this aside. If this person is going to pass soon anyway, I'm going to shove this aside and go, and it'll just look better." But it's also okay to say, "No, I'm not going to do that." Yes. For whatever reason. Yeah. And yeah. Because people aren't going to understand your decision. Your other family members may not understand your decision, but it's not theirs to understand. Right. If you feel like it's the best decision for you to make and it's what you need to do, then that's all that really matters. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your story with us. Before we go, will you tell our friends where they can get in contact with you if they would care to maybe ask you a question or any share any other part of their journey with you? Yeah. Or rather share any part of their journey with you, because I know, as you do, we are not alone in this no. kind of a journey at all. So tell people where they can reach you. They can reach me on Instagram at Brian Moose Miller. If you have any questions, if you have any feedback, if you want to discuss anything, you can always message me on there. Reach out to me. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Or you can hit me up on her email. Yep. My email is in the show notes. You can always email me and I'll get a message to him. That's all we've got for you today. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with something else you should consider releasing and why. Talk to you then. Okay, girlfriend, that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you want to connect with me on social media, you can find me on Instagram at I'm Eva Miller. Thanks for being here. Talk to you soon.